Welcome to day 45 of Shaped by the Word, season 2, the drama of Scripture. And if we have learned anything in this season, there is certainly a lot of drama in Scripture. It's all leading toward the fulfillment of God's purposes and redeeming all of creation and restoring everything we've lost to the ravage of sin. We're sometimes shocked when you see the people through which God accomplishes purposes. They're far from perfect. They have deep flaws. Uh, they may have a few heroic moments, you know, from time to time, um, but there are a lot of things in their life that they let go unattended, and there are also a lot of things that they do purposely that takes them well off track. And so we uh, are introduced to a very young Joseph in chapter 37, and uh, Joseph uh, knows that God has something specially planned for him, uh, but he doesn't carry it very well, and he earns, of course, the uh, the ire of his brothers, and of course that is part of God's purpose, to get him exactly where he needs to be. Mm-hmm. So we start a very interesting section in Scripture as we uh, begin the story of Joseph, chapter 37. So before we uh, read chapter 37 together, uh, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Matt, do you mind lifting yeah, us up with a word pray. of prayer? Father, we do offer this moment to you, asking that you would um, draw near to us as we draw near to you. Father, we thank you for the gift of your word, the gift of your spirit who dwells in us, who illuminates scripture to us. Father, would you open our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word, and, and Father, would we um, marvel at who you are and what you've done. Um, Father, we thank you for um, the drama of scripture. Thank you for uh, the plan of redemption that unfolds in its pages. Um, Father, help us to um, to not only just to read it and, and to gain some sort of insight, but but Father, help us to to treasure you more, to know you, to love you. Uh, Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family line. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the son of Bilah, the sons of Zilpha, his father's wives, and he brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons, because he had been born to him in his old age, and he made an ornate robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him, and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told his brothers they hated him all the more, he said to them, well, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheave rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, Do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream, and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you've had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down on the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept this matter in mind. Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flock near Shechem. And Israel said to Joseph, As you know, your brothers are grazing flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send you to them. Very well, he replied. So he said to them, Go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks, and bring word back to me. Then he sent him off to the valley of Hebron. When Joseph arrived at Shechem, a man found him wandering among the fields, and he asked him, What are you looking for? He replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they're grazing their flocks? 
They moved on from here, the man answered. I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan. But they saw him in a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to rescue him from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and to take him back to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices, balm, and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hands on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, dipped in the blood, dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornate robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it and see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animals have devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob, Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All the sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. Uh, this is a good chapter in the book of how not to win friends and influence people. Uh, there's no doubt that God is doing something you know, deeply in Joseph's life, but he is not carrying it very well uh, you know, as a young man. And, and obviously, uh, Jacob is not carrying um, his love for Joseph very well. Uh, so we have this ornate robe. Our original Greek translation said multicolored, not necessarily multicolored, but the princely robe, mm-hmm. uh, you know, something that distinguished, you know, Joseph as, uh, you know, as a, as a landowner or a man of high position. And of course, all the other sons were just kind of wearing their Levi's and a couple of Gap t-shirts <laughs> and they're going, what's going on here and all of this. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the things that stand out, you know, in this, uh, in this episode? Well, I feel like as someone in student ministry, um, it seems very fitting for a (laughs) 17-year-old, right, because he's 17, um, to be receiving, I mean, such powerful dreams, and and they end up being correct, but as someone whose brain isn't fully developed, maybe um, (laughs) not not handling it the best way, (laughs) but it is... um, it's interesting to be reminded of his age that he's mm-hmm. still so young and um, his brothers are a lot a lot of I mean most of them are a lot older than him right so um, yeah we, you know we learned for the first time you know that uh, uh, a lot of times as we read scripture the timeline seems a little condensed uh, but we learn uh, that Joseph was actually a son of his old age that uh, you know several mm-hmm. years had passed and so 
there was you know kind of that sense and to you know uh, and had been you know the last son that was born to him in Padan, uh you know Aram and of course the son of Rachel who had now you know passed off the scene mm-hmm. so it's kind of incredible 17 year olds and and in, in, in this day and age of course we're called to live much more responsible lives mm-hmm. you know than a 17 year old in this culture uh, they were you know take on adulthood you know in their early teens and of course you even have I uh, you know, probably Mary who's you know married you know at, at 13 or 14 so it's it's a mm-hmm. different world we live in where yeah. we kind of you know postpone things past college and mm-hmm. uh, we prolong adolescence and they would kind of bring on adulthood That's the bar true. mitzvah would be at 13 you would become a son of the law and responsible <laughs> adult in the community you know we talked about it some um, just throughout Genesis so far of how dysfunctional the mm-hmm. you know, the line of Abraham is or really this line that God has chosen to bless the entire world with or, or to bring you know Jesus from is so dysfunctional and we see it even at the beginning when you get you know Cain and Abel and and Cain becomes angry and ends up killing Abel and here I mean, what three times it says you know when they saw that their father loved him they hated him they hated him all the more yeah, they hated on they they just hated Joseph and, and yet just when we didn't think we could hate you anymore <laughs> you go and you do, do that like yeah. that. <laughs> you know and it, and it leads it says it leads all the way to a plot to to kill him to take his life and you know, if it wasn't for Reuben stepping in and and changing things and you know and then Reuben just disappears it's like yeah. oh, so I kill him throw him in the hole and you know he gets sold in slavery we're watching mm-hmm. God's hand of protection and and we don't necessarily know how it's coming yet the story will unfold that for us as we keep going but I mean we're just watching again a dysfunctional, sinful people. No, and then of course That's here there's there's a kind of a replay of what is taking place in the garden. Mm-hmm. You know, one son has found favor, and the others, you know, others plot to you know, plot to kill him. So there's a little bit of an echo of the garden, and certainly the the depth of the fall, where you know, brother, you know, is so we've had the the great scene of Jacob and Esau being reconciled, but we have a scene here that is. You know, brother and hatred of brother and jealousy of brother, and of course, their father is not helping the situation, you know, at all. So, if you were looking on a, you know, looking for a chapter on parenting, this would be the uh, the opposite of that chapter. What not to do? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I love too. I mean, we're seeing an age of seventeen when he had this dream, and I'm not sure if you know, as we would look ahead when this dream actually happened. But I love how God you know reveals these things and then there's this time this period of time that you know there there's this waiting and um and then you just see all the protecting of so you know god protected joseph and all this from from death and then the other things that we will see but that he really is in control of the story of yeah. the plan and and, and obviously you see it you know a huge example of you know the fact that you know god's ways are not our ways and mm-hmm. his thoughts are not our right. thoughts so mm-hmm. if you young in your life you have a vision from god that god has great things for me and then you plot the path through which these great mm-hmm. things are accomplished it's, it's far from the path that any of us would conceive of but at the same time the only way that it could possibly have come mm-hmm. you know to fruition but there is a lot of uh, uh, 
a lot of sorrow, a lot of tragedy, you know, from you know from this point, you know, to the point mm-hmm. uh, when Joseph actually is reconciled with his brothers because of his grace, mm-hmm. you know, to them, and, and he is actually able to accomplish this. The only thing in the dream that won't be accomplished is Jacob will not bow down mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Joseph. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interesting. There's, yeah, mm-hmm. I was just gonna say this story. You know, we're really just launching it with with Joseph, but this story has become kind of a story that when people are suffering or you know, tragedies ensued, mm-hmm. you just you know say, well, God, what God meant, you know, what others meant for evil, God meant for good. You know, mm-hmm. remember the story of Joseph, but you know, later throughout the story of Joseph is a story of heartbreak, of grief, of sorrow, even to the point of the end of this chapter, it says all his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. You know, mm-hmm. he was grieving and. and even in, in these stories we've seen so far where God is bringing about good in the midst of all this, we're watching grief and sorrow and heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Um, Injustice. And, yeah. uh, you know, there's a, a, a hatred. Um, there's all kinds of, you know, all kinds of textures, you know, to it. And, and, of course, this is probably what, you know, Paul did have in the back of his mind. We said, and we're convinced of this, that in all things God is working together for the good of those who loved him and are called according to his purposes. And, of course, he talks about, you know, God's foreknowledge and God's calling and, you know, and God's justification and God's, you know, final, you know, glorification you know, as, as a part of that package. But <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean for us that every event in our life will be good. It means yeah. that we have a God mm-hmm. who overrides, you know, the evil and the grief and the tragedy and the loss and the hatred and injustice around us in order to accomplish his purposes and mm-hmm. and, and finally bring us to the place yeah. of, of, of glorification where we we see and realize, you know, his his complete uh, best for us in our lives. We don't have a whole lot of time, but I, it, it is interesting to me that um, we, we do see a glimpse of just the pride that was in Joseph's heart um, and how even through the suffering that he is facing and is going to continue to face in different ways, God is humbling him and shaping him um, to where his heart is fit to have a position of authority um, in, in a humble way. And without those um, seasons of his life, he might not have been in a position where he could um, where he could rule in in, the, in a humble way and and be forgiving and gracious towards his his brothers. So that's just kind of something that I noticed. Now, as, as God is moving history, He's also shaping people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, He is a an artist who um, has multi layers to his canvas mm-hmm. and you, you see that even in the stories that you know we've done in luke where he's fulfilling you know a longing of zechariah and elizabeth and he's also restoring a nation at the same time he's recognizing a young peasant girl but mm-hmm. he's also bringing a messiah you know at the same time he's acknowledging you know shepherds but at the same time he's bringing peace on earth to all on whom his favor rests. So God is God is working on so many different levels and so many different dimensions, and we just see our little mm-hmm. our little piece of it and get caught up in our little world, mm-hmm. uh, you know, without realizing the more grand purposes of God, and that mm-hmm. the greatest privileges we have are, are not, you know, the, the the single experiences we have along the way, uh, but to be used by Him to serve His purposes, you know, in our time and our generation, which will sometimes bring us into hard situations and sometimes into joyous situations mm-hmm. but he knows exactly uh, what he's what he's doing Cindy mm-hmm. do you mind closing us with no, a word of prayer I don't mind. Father thank you for um, your word 
that we've looked at. I'm reminded of the scripture that says man makes his plans, but you direct the steps. And Father, we are so grateful that you do. And while we may not understand all that you're doing in our lives, in the middle of um, trial or in the middle of any kind of grief or brokenness, Lord, we take comfort in knowing that you, um, you are in the midst of it. You are directing steps and you are in control. So thank you for that. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.